right, everybody. Welcome to Across the Campus, your college sports podcast presented by ATBSports.net. I'm Alex, the captain, and as always, my partner in crime, AJ the Guru. AJ, Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, man. How you doing, everybody? So uh, as we dive in today, we got a couple bowl games to cover, a couple things to kind of talk about. Playoffs, obviously. Talk some college hoops. But yeah, I think uh, we got a good show, so let's get right into it. Here we go. Uh, AJ, I did want to talk about your favorite bowl game, uh, since you like to talk about this one all the time, the Alamo Bowl. Of course. Uh, Texas taking on Utah. Texas came away with a huge win over this, I think now we can safely say overrated Utah squad, 38-10. to 10. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think you are, uh, overrated is probably a correct term at this point. Yeah, they just... They did not show up in any aspect of this game. Just I mean, kind of really, disappointing. Yeah, really from the Pac-12 championship to the Alamo Bowl, they didn't do a thing. Yeah, no, they, after, I mean, frankly, they got exposed in that Pac-12, Pac-12 championship, uh, yeah. if if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. I think Oregon really showed everybody, hey, you want to beat them? Here's the formula. So not much to write home there, write, write home about there if you're a Utah fan. Uh, Texas, big win on the big stage. Hopefully setting them up for some momentum for next year. Essentially, essentially the home game, too. Yeah, which was definitely beneficial for them. Sure. Um, the Liberty Bowl, Navy taking down Kansas State. Mm-hmm. The AAC looked really good in uh, in bowl games this year. I've they been did. pretty impressed with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati got a win the other night. Mm-hmm. Or the pouring down. I think there's like an hour and a half, two-hour rain delay. Yeah, uh, pouring down rain, and there's hardly. It looked like a matching game. There was 20 people in the stands. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the AAC has looked good, and yeah, I mean Navy. They're again one of those teams that yeah they've been down maybe a year or so, mm-hmm. but they still got what 11 wins on the year. Yeah, I think wins? this was their 11th win. 11th win. So I mean, that's you know Navy's always going to be there. Yeah, and they're one of those teams too. They're not you know one of those you know free or you know. As they call them, like preseason games, you know, when right. a big school plays a smaller school, you actually have to plan against Navy, and they they can defeat you. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are; they can win. It's just that triple option, you know that that focus on the run game. They're just so good at it, and they're just so good about you know really cracking any defense you throw at them. They really are because nobody else runs it, so it's really hard mm-hmm. to prepare for. And uh, they're always in there, even if they're losing, they're in the game. They don't get blown out very often. Right, right. And, and Ken Neonatololo has been there forever. Yeah. I mean, he's done a really nice job with that program. Absolutely. So that was a big win for Navy, you know, making oh, the AAC look really yeah. good. And I, as you asked me before we got on the air, McCown is a quarterback, still for here for Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So, so. for those paying attention, uh, McCowan is filling in at quarterback for Philadelphia. Uh, are Seahawks up? Uh, yeah, Seahawks are up 3 0. 3-0, yep. so halftime of the wild card, or co- closing in on halftime of the wild yep, card. Yep, six, six minutes to go. Cool. Um, and I think, I want to say this was almost your favorite, just based off the name, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, that was incredible. Arizona State versus Florida State. I was pretty impressed with both squads in this game. It was a defensive slugout. It was. Um, Arizona State, obviously, was the favorite, and they ended up winning this 20-14. to but it took an eleven-point effort in the fourth quarter for them to take mm-hmm. the W. So, and we talked about impressive. them before bowl season even started, saying watch out because they are a program on the rise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, really good look for them. You know, Florida State drops to six and seven on the year. Arizona State finished eight and five. So that kind of wraps it up for the pre-New Year's games. Mm-hmm. Let's 
do you want to talk playoffs or do you want to talk New Year's games? Oh, uh, we have to talk some New Year's games. Uh, we w- one game we really talked about a lot uh, before it happened was Memphis Penn State. That ended mm-hmm. up being a really close one. That one is a really good game. I watched that game almost to its entirety at work, and I was pretty impressed with Memphis. The fourth quarter, they just couldn't get it done, but they had Penn State on the ropes for a good majority of that game. Mm-hmm. Penn State had a really solid second quarter, a 28-point effort to kind of vault them ahead of Memphis. But, I I mean, Memphis came out. They came out swinging, and yeah, I like seeing that. I think I talked about it in my article I released today about the AAC is not really a group of five school, but they're not a power five school. And I know we've talked about it on here before. I think the AAC deserves a little bit more respect. You've got Navy, you've got Cincinnati, you've got Memphis, who are always consistent. You've got um, UCF, who had a few years of really solid football. I think this is a conference that's top-heavy with some really bad low guys, but this is a solid conference. Yeah, absolutely. They've gotten better and better every year, too. Mm-hmm. You know they're cons- you know the Cincinnati's you know with Luke Fickle now they're a ten win team every year. Yep. Uh, you know Louisville's kind of in there in the mix. Uh, Navy, you know, so it's they're Memphis. They're not. It's not a slouch conference anymore. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah. So that was a really great game. Really good effort from Memphis all the way down to the end. Just couldn't make a couple of those defensive stops they needed. Yeah, it came down to a defense and maybe a turnover mm-hmm. there at the end. That's yeah, that really late turnover. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk the Rose Bowl. Yeah. This one had some controversy at the end. Yeah, this was another game I talked about to the friend that this was also dictated by the referee, the referees, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, there towards the end of the game. You don't see Paul Chris get very hot, and he was hot. He was livid. I don't think I've ever seen him that heated during a game before I've seen him, you know, get upset after post game comp or mm-hmm. yeah, post game conferences and whatnot, but I've never seen him lose his cool like that in a game before. No, neither have I. And you know, it was like, I don't know. It was, what it was a fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth down conversion was what it was, but I don't know. That was in Wisconsin did turn over four times. Yeah. And that, I mean, no matter who you are, you're not going to win with four turnovers. And he, sure. You know, it came down 28, 27 was the final, Oregon looked good in this game, but they were they were only doing seven points a quarter. They weren't exactly. They weren't. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't an offensive juggernaut. Right. I mean, Wisconsin obviously, you know, seven points averaging a quarter as well. But mm-hmm. you can't score three points in the fourth quarter in a tight ball game and hope to squeak it out. You know. No. And then the uh, muffed punt there mm-hmm. uh, from Wisconsin that Brady Breeze or whatever his name is, he ran that in. Yep. Uh, for a touchdown, so kind of those you know those turnovers and you know mental errors that really did hurt Wisconsin. As we mentioned, those four turnovers, yep. uh, those were, those came critical spots too. Because one of them was Jonathan Taylor, and he doesn't fumble the football ever. No, he does not. And so that was you know a costly one. And then there was a few in the red zone that were costly that ended up really being the ultimate, I think, de- deciding factor in Wisconsin losing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, besides the one officiating, you know. That uh, gaff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still, you know, it's tough to say because with the way things have been called here the past year or so, you don't know what is and what isn't anymore. Well, yeah. There's no it's, consistency it's at all. It's so frustrating because, you know, they they established what a catch was, and then it was consistent for a while, and then now all of a sudden we don't know what a catch is. We don't know what a fumble is. Like, it's uh, – there. there's a lot of issue at the collegiate and the NFL level on – 
officiating consistency, and it needs to be addressed really, really hard this offseason. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, there needs to be repercussions for some of these officials who do make blown calls. Mm-hmm. Like, because there were a, this bowl season there, I think there's more this bowl season than past years that I remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. There really have been. It's been a lot of, a lot of awful officiating mistakes uh, that have. I, I never want to ever say that officiating is the reason you lose a game because mm-hmm. I think that there are four quarters to a game, one call. Yes, even if it's a late call, doesn't affect the game that much. But there is such a thing as momentum. Sure. And if there's a call that goes against a team who has momentum, it can absolutely kill that. Well, it's so, momentum and it's you know field position. It's a mm-hmm. lot of those things that go into yeah. one decision. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Sugar Bowl, speaking of New Year's Day Bowls, mm-hmm. Georgia just absolutely came out hot in this game. Jumped up to a 19 nothing lead at halftime over Baylor, and they didn't look back. Yeah, Baylor couldn't get anything going offensively or defensively, really. Mm-hmm. Offensively, they were pretty stagnant uh, throughout the ball game. But it was good to see Brewer come back after an injury. Yep. Uh, they suffered the week prior, or two weeks prior, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they were pretty stale. Uh, on all all three phases of the ball game, mm-hmm. I mean, they had one solid quarter in the third quarter, scored 14 points, made it look a little bit closer, but couldn't generate anything outside of that third quarter. No, they uh, couldn't. Jake Fromm looked really, really solid in this game. He did, yeah. Even with uh, DeAndre Swift not playing, or yep. he had like one carry for two yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, because the 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 one guy got hurt. Um, yeah, Swift he, had to go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, he didn't want to play because of an injury he was getting over. Right. I think is what it was. Right. Which uh, is fine. That's fine, yeah. But then he obviously declared for the draft shortly after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he had one carry for two yards. But, you know, he's their stud. But it didn't really matter because they were able to move the ball at will. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you know, like I said, Georgia looks solid. Now, Jake Fromm is done now, right? No, he's got, he's got another He can come he's back if he wants. Year. Okay. Yeah. Man, it feels like he's been there for Yeah, that's what I'm years. talking to him. I'm actually texting my buddy right now, Trey, who's a Georgia fan, and he's trying to figure out if what he's going to do. He's not sure yet. Okay. It's kind of surprising, too, because you think he'd have declared by this point or said whatever, you know, told what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm sure he's, you know, taking a lot of factors and. And trying to figure it out, you know, hey, can we win the SEC next year if I stay? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, Georgia looked really solid in that game. You know, hats off to them. Baylor, I'm excited to see what this program does. You know, they're definitely on the rise. Uh, just lack of experience in a big situation. So Yeah, well, and, you know, too, their coach, you know, uh, real, he might be our rule. I mean, he's, he might be going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be gone here. With, uh I think he's like the leading candidate for the Giants, I believe. That sounds right, yeah. And so, you know, who knows? Speaking of candidates, did you see uh, Lincoln Riley is talking about Dallas. Dallas? Yeah, I did see that. That could be really interesting. That'd be a really interesting situation down in That would be, Dallas. but I, if I'm him, I'm not leaving Oklahoma. We've got a pretty sweet setup there. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't leave not. that. Absolutely not. I mean, he's... He, He's set for life there. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, All right. Philadelphia just tied it up 3 3 with a 46 okay. yard field goal. All right. So, what? There's what? 337 left in the quarter? Uh, 253. 253. Okay. My ticker just hasn't updated yet. So, mm. all right. Cool. So, for you NFL guys listening at home, 3 uh, 3 right before halftime. So, cool deal. Um, this bowl was probably one of my favorites to watch. 
um, conflicting with another bowl that I don't really want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota Auburn. Yes, I was the, I was slipping back and forth between that one and the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, they're going to be around for a long time. I yes, think they, are. they look good. PJ Fleck. He's got seven years left, or they gave him a seven year extension, so he's going to be there a long time. I can't wait and, for him to get his recruits in. I can't, and you know, obviously, I'm sure at some point he'll be on the the list for NFL jobs. Mm-hmm. He's one of those coaches like Urban Meyer. He will never leave college football. No. Because his personality doesn't translate to the NFL, I don't think. The no, high I don't you know think the so. high the high energy, the you know, it's crowd serving the locker room. <laughs> the NFL guys don't care about that. They no, just they're, they're just... here get you know, I'm getting paid, I'm getting out of here. Right. The, you know, there's no emotion when it comes to the NFL from coaches and I don't think he would do very well there, but that's why he's one of those guys who will never leave college. And well, Minnesota I... is the perfect perfect spot for him absolutely well i think that's the other thing right is you look at minnesota as a program a program who has been starved for so many opportunities to succeed on a national level Mm -hmm. and you know pj fleck we we watched him in the mac you know he just absolutely dominated the mac with western michigan and i think it's really cool that he's getting this opportunity at a bigger school you know not an elite caliber school but i don't want to say won't be that way it won't be that way forever it's as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, is he can if he can keep this magic, you'll see Minnesota win a Big Ten championship in the next sure. couple of years. Absolutely, they're going to be around, and you know those guys are they're going to start getting some you know f- more four star recruits, maybe five stars here and there, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll be able to they'll be able to be competitive because the West, you know, it's I mean obviously it came down to a final game this year between them and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin yep. came out on top, but you know. They're going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I don't see Purdue being competitive. You know, Illinois—they're hit or miss. Yep. Uh, yeah, like obviously went to a bowl game this year, but lost to uh, Cal and mm-hmm. the Red Box Bowl. But still, they made good plays there. But just wasn't enough. They just had, didn't. Kind of came down to experience, and that's because the defense started getting extremely tired, and they haven't really been to a bowl game in a. A couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. So, especially for Levy Smith too, it's kind of an experience factor, uh, prepping for bowl week and, and whatnot. Right. But yeah, Minnesota's—they're going to be on top of that West for a while, I think. Yeah, no, I think they're—they're they're definitely on the rise, and they've got a lot of potential for down the road success. Especially, like I said, when PJ Fleck gets his recruits in, sure, watch out. That's I couldn't. I couldn't imagine sitting in a living room as a 17, 18 year old kid and him coming in there and sitting down and talking about football with you. Oh man, I'd be that, too excited. <laughs> that would get the, that would, just that conversation would get the juices flowing. I think. Oh, absolutely. Now, you get you order a pizza or get some burgers to the house. He's probably gonna hype up that burger or hype up that pizza. You're like, man, where'd you get this burger? Exactly. This is great. Like, yeah. But that energy translates so well, and sure, the, those players. This is what his second year at Minnesota. Yes. So those players have already bought into everything he's saying. He's bringing mm-hmm. a completely different culture up there, and I think it's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the future holds. But that being said, we were talking about that bowl game. They won mm-hmm. 31 to 24. Everybody wants to talk about well, Auburn didn't come out. They didn't really want to play. No, that's that's an excuse, and I, I hate it when people say that. You're, I promise you, every single one of those seniors who will not be going to the NFL wants to win that their very last game. So this sure. whole attitude of, well, it's a bowl game, it wasn't a national champion, it doesn't matter. No, those players want to win these games. They want to go out with a championship of some kind, whether Absolutely. it's a bowl championship, conference, whatever. I hate that excuse. It's just, it's it, that's all mm-hmm. it is, is an excuse. 
Yeah, and you know, I think Auburn too. They're a program with a solid young quarterback in Bo Nix, mm-hmm. who once he gets you know comfortable uh, doing what he does, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be. Uh, you know, for, they'll be forced to reckon with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think. I think Bo Nix has has a lot of tools in the toolbox to really be successful. Mm-hmm. He's just got to refine them a little bit. Sure. That's, that's, that's you know, going to come with time and playing more games and whatnot because you can only retool so much in practice. Yep. And it, all, that's, all that experience comes in games. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, talk about the Citrus Bowl. This is, yeah. Uh, didn't want to talk about this one, but we have to. Michigan looked pretty solid in the first half. Alabama didn't really have any answers for them in terms of defensively, but Alabama just, they were slinging the ball. Um, Michigan obviously shut out in the second half, losing to Alabama 35-16 in a score that was a little bit more inflated than it, than what it should have been uh, off the end of that game. Alabama ran a play, um, ran it in at the end of the game to kind of tack on some extra points to the lead. But another bowl game, another disappointment for Jim Harbaugh. He's now 1-9 sure. in nine in his last two games of the season, Ohio State and bowl games. Yeah, that's a tough stat to look at. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those things, too. Shea Patterson couldn't complete a pass to save his life in the second half. He was awful. He, he was overthrowing guys. He couldn't have hit the broadside of a barn. Mm-mm. And, you know, he, I mean, he had open opportunities down the field, but just could not complete them. He had several open opportunities. You know, he had how many play-action plays that he had guys wide open, didn't even see them. Um, I think there was one in the third quarter specifically. Michigan was like 30 yards away from the end zone, and it was like second and 10 or something. Play-action, Donovan Peoples-Jones was wide open. He had about a six, seven, eight-yard gap Mm -hmm. where nobody was around him, and Shea Patterson dumps it off to one of the running backs, and they lose like three yards. Yeah. It was just a lot, a lot of inconsistent play mm-hmm. uh, there, but I, you know, it's Alabama probably came in there probably pretty pissed off, I'd assume, yeah, because you know, they're used to be playing in you know the playoffs, mm-hmm. so they kind of came in and just played against a quality opponent as well. They just said, "All right, we're going to tack it on," and that's kind of what they did there at the end, uh, taking a few extra points. Yeah, they flexed their muscles for sure. sure. I mean, it was a solid game from Alabama. Nothing really to write home about. I mean, they kind of did what everybody expected them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac Jones looked really good. He yeah, threw three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I was just going to comment. He didn't look too bad at all for really not having much playing time this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the other thing, too, is Michigan doesn't have a lot of film on him. Exactly. So they don't – so, you know, if they had had Tua, which they probably – we wouldn't be having this game if they had had Tua. But if they had played against Tua, there's loads of film on him. Mac Jones has film against – what Western Carolina, something and, like that, yeah, and Auburn. Like, there's not film on him, so it just, I don't know. I think, as as somebody who supports the University of Michigan, it's frustrating to watch because Jim Harbaugh was specifically hired to come in and make Michigan relevant again, and I think he's done that to an extent. Sure, but when you're one and nine in your last two games of the year in the last five seasons. There's no excuses. You have your recruits. You have your guys. You're not developing quarterbacks. Your defense is getting embarrassed by Ohio State consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, Don Brown. Like, there's no reason anymore. It's the University of Michigan really needs to sit down and have a long talk with Jim Harbaugh and say, look, 
we're giving you one last shot. If you don't do it, you're out. Sure. And they won't do it. I mean, I know they won't. You know, he basically has a lifetime contract there. Exactly. And it's one of those things, too. Who are you going to go out and get, though? You mm-hmm. know, you're kind, of, you're kind of stuck with what you have. Right. And we're going to go side note here real quick. This is from Fox Sports. Jay Glazer, the Dallas Cowboys have officially informed you Jason Garrett. He is out as head coach. Good. Good. It's uh, well, that's, that's so weird, too, because they're interviewing coaches and him technically still not fired mm-hmm. like the past few days. Well, and I think I think what they're doing is that they're trying to. Sorry, we are sidebarring listeners. I think what they're trying to do is just let his contract expire because that expires on the 14th. Yeah. So, one, it looks better for him if he wasn't fired. He just wasn't renewed. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, why are they going to not pay him that last, what, $150,000 for two right. weeks? You know, and firing him just doesn't make sense, especially when the contract was up this year. Right. Oh. So, but thank you for that update. So we officially know he is no longer going to exactly. be. Exactly. The head coach. So, and I think exactly. that's a good thing too for Dallas fans. Mm-hmm. Not only Dallas fans, but players, because all that stuff that's been circulating, Dallas is going to be getting rid of him. Dallas is going to be moving on from this. It's really hard to concentrate if you're a player if you're not sure what's happening. Sure. And now these players know. All right, cool. We have to get ready for a new coach. Whereas it was. Well, he's been there what ten years? Ten, eleven years. Yeah. yeah. And he's and he's a player, former Cowboys yeah. player, so. Well, and that's, I mean, that's Jerry Jones' big thing is he likes to keep it in-house, which mm-hmm. I respect. I have a lot of respect for that. But sometimes it's not a bad thing to go off the beaten path no. and to that's find what, success. And that's one of those jobs, too, where I don't know where why would you, why you would want it to be for the simple fact that you have no say in anything. You mm-hmm. just report to Jerry, and he tells you the roster. I guarantee you he tells you the roster. Oh, absolutely. You, you coach, you just go out there and you call the plays. You don't have any decision on the roster. Well, and that's that's the other part of it, right? It's... It's Jerry's team, and you just get to be the guy taking all the criticism mm-hmm. from the public. So That's why I don't think Lincoln Riley would uh, take that job. No, I think he would be better suited for like an Ohio State or Ohio State for a Cleveland job, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you give Cleveland an 8-8 eight and eight season, I mean, there's a parade in the streets, honestly. Maybe, maybe the wild card berth. Speaking of wild card, here's uh, Seattle with about a minute 15 to go, about a 30-yard pass here. They're on the... Six-yard line. Okay. Seven, they've gone seven plays, 77 yards in a minute 36. Wow. And it looks like they'll go on the board too before halftime. Very nice. Very nice. So, so. But yeah, we're talking about the Citrus Bowl. You know, really, it wasn't that too exciting of a game, to be honest. Right, it wasn't, yeah. So it was just, it was just one of those good noon games just to uh, use, you, use, as, yeah, use it as an excuse not to do anything right. or to sober up, either one. <laughs> there you go. Um Thursday games, you know, we talked about this earlier. Cincinnati beat the brakes off of Boston College. Yeah, they did. Well, after they said the two-hour rain delay mm-hmm. and five people in the crowd. But then, fun fact, I didn't realize this until I talked about it, but Mike Vrabel's son is an offensive lineman freshman yes, for BC. Mm-hmm. I did not know that until I saw that. Well, and I think, I, I feel like I remember the Titan, or at least he flew up early to Boston for the playoffs yesterday just so he could watch his son play in or not Boston, sorry, that was in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So he flew, he left the team early um, to go watch them play, and then he flew up to Boston after the team just so he could. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati just looked so good in this game. It, Boston College had zero answers whatsoever. Absolutely, yeah. They just it was kind of one of those things too, where just became you know strength for strength, and Cincinnati mm-hmm. had it. 
Well, absolutely. And I think the thing that frustrates me as a, as a college football fan is, again, the lack of disrespect that Cincinnati gets. They were 21st ranked team in the mm-hmm. country. Their Three. only losses came to conference champions. Yeah. One to Ohio State and two to Memphis back-to-back mm-hmm. weeks, too. There is no reason that they should have been. This bowl game, I don't care about where they were playing. There's no reason they should have been playing Boston College. No, they should have played like a Notre Dame or something like that. Yeah, somebody who would have given them a game and challenged them a little bit. I mean, you knew from the first gun that this game was over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here. Still 3-3, but it looks like Philadelphia has a roughing the passer. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to give Seattle a first down of the move. Well, half the distance to the goal to about the, well, the three-yard line. Okay, so. very cool, very cool. Um, All right, what else game do we have? We've got one that I know you want to talk about, Indiana-Tennessee. Yeah, that was a tough one to watch. That was a tough one to I watch. Pulling for uh, the Hoosiers so bad at the onside kick, and then they blew what? A 16-point lead or something like that? It was a 13-point 13 13 lead, lead in the last six minutes. Yeah, that's what it was. And that's tough. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things, too, when we talked about Illinois – it comes to IU is just experience and learning how to close. Mm-hmm. T- Absolutely. Ooh, ooh, Marshawn Lynch got stuffed at the goal line. He turned it around for a touchdown. Gotta love beast mode. Beast mode's <laughs> back. Absolutely. He he went through about three tackles and stumbled into the end zone for six. I guess nine nine plays, eighty two yards. Really lost a step. So, yeah. but yeah, a IU slower, but whatever. Yeah, but IU. Yeah, that was tough to watch. And yeah, obviously living here in Indiana, a lot of friends are going to go to IU who are alums mm-hmm. at IU. I'm actually heading down to IU this weekend for the Ohio State IU basketball game. Right. Uh, I knew the Bloomington fan, the people down in Bloomington were excited about this one too. Finally being relevant again, having nine wins mm-hmm. uh, on the year. Uh, but yeah, that was a tough one. And, and those things will just come. Learning how to close and that experience will it'll come for them because I don't think I I don't think they're going anymore anytime soon either. Well, I was going to say that. This was Tom Allen's first bowl game, right? Yep. Coach Allen. So uh, I think. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I, think they did. I don't think they went to one last year. No, I don't think okay, they did. Okay, yes, because last um, year was his first year. But he really got those kids ready for this. Like, yeah. They were in this. I mean, they were in it, and then they were dominating for a good while. And I, and I was sitting there. I was watching this game in the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter. And I'm like, Indiana's just flexing their muscles now. They said, hey, this is our game to lose. And they came mm-hmm. out and they came out swinging. Obviously, the onside kick that that really sucked. But the and the defense just collapsed in the fourth quarter. Like the defense disappeared. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Cause off or defensively, I mean, they came out in the first quarter had a goal line stand, two goal line stands, I think it was, mm-hmm. and really kind of frustrated the uh, Tennessee offense. Mm-hmm. And they did a phenomenal job putting pressure on the quarterback, uh, who I can't pronounce his name because he has a very Jersey name. Uh, it starts with a G, I think. Okay. But uh yeah, he you know and then Peyton Ramsey, uh I I use quarterback Garantano. Garantano or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then I use quarterback Ramsey, he's not a bad quarterback. He can throw he was one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten in passing yards this year. Right. Yeah, he I mean he looked really solid. I mean he still threw for, you know, two hundred and thirty yards in this game. He had a sixty two percent completion percentage. Something like, like that, yeah. I mean, he looked really solid. And again, experience. Now they've got a little bit more under their belt. They're going to start winning those games that they're losing by a score. They're, you know, things are going to slowly start to flip. So Indiana, you know, played a really great game. Obviously, couldn't get it done in the fourth. But I mean, they still had a chance late in the game to win it. Absolutely, they were, they were there. It was just you know one or two plays that could not convert. Mm-hmm. 
drop passes killed them on that final drive. Yeah. That yeah, was, they did. The, and I think it came down to, I mean, I use guys, you know, they're probably getting a little tired. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, they haven't been in this position in a while. And again, it's one of those things where it'll come back to experience. Mm-hmm. And they'll be all right. Absolutely. Um, we'll touch on Ohio, uh, one of our schools, taking sure. on Nevada in the Potato Bowl. I think the biggest thing I want to talk about, aside from the score, 30-21 to 21 OU over Nevada, was uh, Frank Solich getting French fries dumped on him at the yeah. end of this game. Well, that too, <laughs> we can talk about that. We also, we forgot to mention that earlier in the Tony the Tiger Bowl, they dumped Fra- Kellogg, Frosted Flakes on him. Yes, they did. On Herm right. Edwards. Yeah, that so, was amazing. Yeah, and the funny thing was, you saw the video of Frank Solich getting fries on him, and he's eating them. Yeah. Like, stuff that, that stuck in his jacket, he's picking up and eating them. So I hope they were, like, warm fries. That would have been phenomenal. Yeah, even better. No, and I just... Like, and I love that the players, you know, they're all out on the field celebrating or whatever, shaking hands with Nevada. And here's Frank just walking across the field, eating fries. French fries, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. It, some great bowl celebrations this yeah, past season. And the Mac sure. didn't do, hasn't done too bad. No, the Mac had a pretty solid showing. You got one more, right? Uh, yeah, I think they're four and three now with Miami left on the docket. No, no uh, three and three. Three and three. Is uh, Miami so tomorrow? Miami's. Uh, yep, tomorrow, tomorrow. night yeah. in the LendingTree.com Bowl Lendingtree. against Louisiana. Okay. That's right. That's down there at I. Uh, uh, Las Peebles. Yeah, Las yeah. Peebles Stadium. Yeah. Yep. So that'll um, be a good one. Uh, it looks like Louisiana's favored. Cause, yeah, because that used to be the one. GoDaddy.com Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because remember, Ball State lost in that in 2013 to Arkansas State. Because mm-hmm. we had a nasty snowstorm here. And we were snowed in for like three days. Oh. And so we watched the game and just kind of hung out. I remember See, that now. Like, we lost, it was the last second field goal we lost by. I think it'll be cool for Miami, even if they don't win this game, it'll be really cool for Miami to have this opportunity to say, look, we turned our program around. We were not supposed to even be in the MAC championship, sure. let alone win it. And now we're playing in a, you know, a post new year's bowl game like mm-hmm. obviously some of these games aren't aren't that relevant like the lockheed armed forces bowl isn't that relevant mm-hmm. you know the potato bowl is a famous one hence the famous idaho that, that, that should be nationally televised that should be prime time mm-hmm. and then but i think you know for miami this is this is a sign for them that good things are coming for this organization absolutely i think they'll be all right so let's talk the two playoff games that have mm-hmm. happened I uh, which one would you like to discuss first? We can start with LSU because there's not a whole lot to talk about there. All right, Joe Burrow is a god. Next, pretty much. Um, <laughs> like he was, he was flawless. He really was. He was eight touchdown passes. Like, and well, that's the new NCAA record for a postseason game, isn't it? I think so. Like eight touchdown passes, sixty-three to twenty-eight was the final in this one, and they just, they just stomped all over Oklahoma. Um. Jalen Hurts did not look good in this game. Joe Burrow just said, I'm going to put it wherever I want to put it. Y'all are going to deal with it. Yeah. I, you know, it was one of those things like just Joe Burrow was, you know, he couldn't do no wrong. Hmm. He really was completing passes left and right. He was moving the ball. Yep. Oklahoma had no answer on both sides, on either side of the ball. Sorry, Joe Burrow threw for seven touchdowns. Seven and touchdowns. 493 yeah. yards. Yeah. He had 10 incompletions. He had almost as many touchdown passes as he had incompletions. He has more. Tu- he had more touchdowns, touchdown passes in this game than Matt Ryan did. Has or Matt Ryan has in that stadium all year long. Yeah. Sorry, Atlanta. That's rough. <laughs> but no, he looked really good. Like you said, 
Um, Thaddeus Moss, like, l- I'm just looking at these touchdown passes. Thaddeus Moss, 62-yard touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jefferson, 30-yard. So Thaddeus Moss is a big boy. He is. He is. Um, Justin Jefferson, 30-yard touchdown catch. Justin Jefferson, 42-yard touchdown catch. Mm-hmm. Like, Justin Jefferson had four touchdowns in this game, which, one, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this this team just looked so dominant all the way through. I mean, Justin – yeah, Justin Jefferson had 14 catches, so easily um, Burrow's favorite target. Half of his half of his uh, completions were to Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah. He uh, – he, I don't think he even had a drop or no. I don't it think so. Seem like it, yeah. Um, two hundred twenty-seven yards and four scores. So yeah, that's impressive. Favorite target for sure. Absolutely. And Oklahoma had no business being in the playoffs. Who do you put in over Oklahoma? Definitely not, really not anybody. Definitely not Utah. No, definitely not Utah. Um, maybe Oregon could have could be arguing for that spot, but I mm-hmm. just no. I mean LSU or, was going to win that game no matter who they played. Yeah, I think, absolutely. Honestly. Um, so good for them on that. Let's talk the other semifinal game. Yeah. The Fiesta Bowl. I've had a, I've had a week to, you know, calm down a little bit. <laughs> I, but uh, really, I mean, we, we didn't record right away. <laughs> yeah, we obviously blew a 16-point lead. You know, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. You know, the targeting call, as much as that rule sucks, yes, that was targeting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no defenseless rule in college. Right. Which, you know, that's fine, whatever. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he gets a 64-yard touchdown run, like, shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but we hurt ourselves in the blocked uh, the blocked punt attempt. You know, mm-hmm. r- roughing the kicker, that's 15 yards. There's, uh, you know, 15 yards and a first down. Um, you know, just turnovers, missed tackles, things like that really did come back to haunt the Buckeyes. I mean, Absolutely. you know, it's – I don't know. Well, and I think you and I talked about this too. I feel like I talked about this to you. Um, at the end, they're at the what twenty six yard line, twenty four like yard that, line, yeah. and Alave breaks his route. If he doesn't break that route, yeah. it's not a pick. Like you know, it may he, not be a touchdown, but it's not a pick. a pick. No, and he broke that route too because he thought Fields was scrambling, mm-hmm. and so he was trying to make a play out of it. And they just you know miscommunication there. But what hurt, you know, Fields threw more interceptions in this game than he had all season long. Yeah, he had, what, two uh, in this game? Two in this game. He had one coming into it. And the first one, or the one he had during the regular season, was just an bogus trick play that didn't work out. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, just, you know, and then we were in the red zone three times and it came out with you know, nine points. You know, you got to get touchdowns there. There was one that was just a touch overthrown J.K. Dobbins. It came right off his fingertips. When he came down to the end zone, you know, that went to review, obviously showed he dropped it. Well, we got a field goal out of that. And then we were down there two other times and got field goals out of that. Mm-hmm. And so especially this type of game, that wasn't going to – field goals weren't going to win that game. It no, needed to be touchdowns. All. So really when it came down to it, it was just execution in the red zone and, you know, missed tackles that really ended up hurting the Buckeyes. Yes, some costly penalties and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it is what it is. Clemson – you know, I think they're going to get hammered by LSU. I think so too. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be like an Oklahoma type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen the numbers for that yet. Uh, the spread, I haven't seen that, but um, I'll pull, pull it up really yeah. quick. But yeah, I mean, I think. Well, and this is this is something I kind of feel. I I knew LSU was really really good at football this year. Like we we all knew that watching them. Uh, it looks like LSU is favored by five and a half, and that's it. Really. Oh, over under is sixty nine point five. Yeah, I take that over though. Oh, I hundred percent take that over. I think um, 
and I think I take that betting line. I think I, I, I really do. I think LSU wins it, obviously, by more than five and a half. I think there's there's something there that LSU just top, top to bottom, in every aspect of the game, completely dominant. Clemson showed some chinks. You know, there were some chinks in the armor. It wasn't the spotless, shiny Clemson we've been used to seeing the last couple of years. No, they showed they showed some mistakes, some weaknesses. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see if uh, if uh, or uh, Ed or Orgeron Ogeron. I don't, I don't actually Orgeron, know. Orgeron, yeah. Coach yeah. O. Coach O. We'll uh, we'll stick with that. It'll be interesting to see how he game plans around stopping Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence is a great dual threat QB. I mean that sixty-five yard run you were talking about a minute ago. I mean, he just turned on the Jets. And, and, and he doesn't really have Jets. It's kind of funny. I mean, he is so lengthy. It's like yeah. he just has long strides. Yeah, I think that's a better way to – Yeah, he just – he's able to just glide down the field yeah. in a few steps because he's so big. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting. I like LSU in this game by a lot. I honestly think LSU is probably going to win this one by three scores. I think so too. But, I mean, that's why they play the game. Now, mm-hmm. if Clemson wins it – That'll that'll really boost up the ACC, I think, a little sure. bit. Um, give them a little bit more national recognition consistently. Mm-hmm. But do you want to go to that game? By the way, we could get tickets for nine hundred bucks. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Well, unlike some of us, I have a wedding to pay for, so nine hundred bucks is going to whatever my fiance wants. I have a tuition. I mean, I I heard she wants to go to this game. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that was funny. <laughs> Speaking of that, we were watching the. Uh, Oh, was the I can't if it was the Patriots game last night or Listen the early game? Uh, but she was sitting here watching it. She's not much of a football fan until she mm-hmm. really met me. Uh, but she's like, "Oh my gosh, look at this play!" And I came back and looked at it. She goes, "What have you done to me?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." And it's like my mom growing up with my me, my brother, my dad. He played, and me, and my brother played. And so she'll, my mom, she'll watch games. If I can't watch it, she'll watch games. She'll knows, she knows what happens. She knows what plays are called. It's mm-hmm. really, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, Faith's like, what have you done to me? <laughs> so uh, for for those of you who don't know, I actually met uh, AJ's fiance Faith uh, several years ago, about five six years ago, before I met AJ. I think mm-hmm. even before you met her, right? Oh yeah. Um. So and we work at it. We work together at a summer camp. Uh, where we work with kids from all over the world. It's a really, really awesome opportunity. No, I'm not telling you because I don't want you to stalk us. Um, but I met AJ not this year, but the year before. Um, you came down to camp to visit. And, I mean, AJ and I hung out this last year as well. And came. Oh, that's right. I did go to camp. I, I forgot I went to camp. for. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. Lake House, it, right? Came, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. And so, I mean, we became fast friends. We've got a we got a small group chat with some of us, and sure. and I mean, you love it. You and know, and that group is... chat cons- consists of Alex and I bashing on one other person. <laughs> it's essentially what it is. And uh, and Faith just standing idly by. And she's but... usually and she's usually sitting next to me when I do it too. So <laughs> it's great. But Brittany, if you're listening, we do it out of love. We uh we just want you to be happy and healthy. So of course. Um... <laughs> and sober. Yes, that too. I, uh, <laughs> that's a story for a different day. But yeah. So, yeah, I mean that's that's been our that's been our friendship. I know that I've had some people ask like, how do you know this guy? He lives in Fort Wayne, and so I figured I'd kind of share that story with you guys. You know, AJ's become a pretty good friend, and we and we have other mutual time. friends in common too, mm-hmm, which is crazy. It's weird how that all works out. How, yeah. the, how this world works. Yeah, but, uh, I, mean, you know, I did work and lived in Toledo. Mm-hmm. I was there for a summer and a winter. 
uh, working in the butt hands and the walleye. So yeah, some of the people I've known and you were in the BCSN studios last night. So I knew some of those guys as well. Yep. Uh, one of my good friends, Charlie, he did it when I was there. He works for ESPN now okay. and uh, he's all over the country during bowl season. He's a new bowl game every day. See, and so uh, cool. it's such a sweet gig. He was at IU a couple of years ago and I hung out with him for a while. He was, I think it was the IU Michigan game actually. It went to overtime down okay. in Bloomington. And uh, that was like 2015, probably. Okay. And uh, yeah, he was down there working. So we were, we were, you know, talking and he was showing me kind of how, how it all works, the broadcasting stuff works. Because I know it from a radio perspective, because that's what I do here in Fort Wayne. Right. Uh, but from a television broadcasting perspective, it's a totally different ballgame. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really fun to watch and pay attention to. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, and so we, we try to have fun with this. You know, obviously we want to. And, oh, and we play MLB The Show together on PS4. We do, yeah. If, so anyone, we, wants to, if anyone wants to challenge us, send us your gamer tags. We'll, uh, we'll let AJ do the challenging since I clearly can't stack up. Um, <laughs> I'm but, in my second year of uh, my, my player. Are you really? third year. I'm I, in my uh, third year, yeah. I created a profile where I was, I was a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, mm-hmm. and then I would just tank my throwing until I got traded back to the Reds. And then I'd work my way up through their farm system. Won mm. several golden gloves, but then also, like, a couple seasons had an ERA of, like, seven and a half. Mm. So, like, I just – I was intentionally tanking just so I could be with my Reds. There you go. Um, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm with the Indians on mine. I'm a catcher. I'm batting nice. 309 with seven home runs, I think. Uh, okay. Okay. So. I like it. Um, let's uh, flip on over to some college shooty hoops real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, so the third, uh, yeah, we AJ and I were kind of noticing this. Ohio State was taking on Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is fifth ranked Ohio State taking on Wisconsin, and Wisconsin came into town, uh, or yeah, it was at Ohio State. Yeah, came into town, beat them sixty-one to fifty-seven. At the same time, our schools, Toledo and Ball State, were playing each other in basketball. Toledo ended up losing sixty-one to fifty-seven. Can I, can I comment? Toledo's basketball uniforms are trash. Oh, they're awful. Those are the, so bad. The The home ones are pretty good. The away ones are terrible. The gold with the silver numbers? Yeah. The away oh, those ones are, are bad. so bad. Um, like, but, if they had like black or blue numbers, it'd be great. But the uh, silver see, I'd, was I'd love the blue trash. numbers. Yeah. Blue numbers with like some kind of gold trim would look really sharp. Yeah. But that silver looked trash. Yeah. But it's yeah, you know, going terrible. back to the Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, it's Big Ten's gonna start playing. They're playing each other now, and mm-hmm. just like they do every year, they just beat the hell out of each other. Yep. And we noticed that already. Right, already. And like I said, I'm going down to Bloomington, so I'll, I'll be on our Twitter, uh, tweeting from the game and and stuff like that. Uh, down there in Bloomington, so you know. But again, you know, they're gonna beat up on each other, and it's yep. kind of interesting too. This year in bas- in college basketball, just outside of the Big Ten, you don't want to be a top seven ranked school because no. you're gonna lose easily. It's happened. It happens every week. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisville goes down. We go down. Duke went down. North Carolina went down. Mm-hmm. Villanova went down. You know, uh, Sparty went down. And yeah, Louisville went down bad uh, on Saturday to Florida State. I actually didn't see that. Yeah, they did. They got stomped. And then Sparty, they played Michigan today, didn't they? Yeah, they played Michigan today, and they took it to Michigan. Uh, that was up in uh, East Lansing, eighty-seven sixty-nine. Yeah. And then Dayton... Uh, number 20 ranked Dayton, who Dayton always cracks me up. They're always one of the best teams in the country in terms of their wins, but mm-hmm. they play in such a terrible conference right? that they're always just bounced. But They're A-10, what? right? Yeah, the A-10. Yeah. But guess what? Their conference champion always gets an invite to the national tournament. 
Um, well, they beat Ohio State too a couple years ago. Yes, they did. They uh, Dayton looked really good a couple years ago. Uh, well, it was Archie team. Miller too, but now he's in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and IU fans aren't happy with him. Yeah, no, it's it's been looking rough for Indiana mm-hmm. um, to start this season. I've been relatively disappointed. They're what one and two in conference play right That's now. Something like that. Yeah. Then they had Romeo Langford, who's their stud freshman last year. Mm-hmm. He went to the NBA. He's in Boston now. So he was yeah, Mr. Indiana basketball. They are one and two in Big Ten play, seventh in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, it sounds um, about right. So yeah, Indiana's eleven and three on the season. Um, they're just not. I don't know. I think I think they will be fine because it's Indiana. They're consistently good, mm-hmm. but they don't have an like over the next three weeks. They've got a relatively tough schedule. They've got Ohio State this weekend. Um, they've got they're traveling to Nebraska, who isn't a good team, but Nebraska always plays well at home. They're and they're they're one of those teams too that just come out of nowhere and get a win randomly. Mm-hmm. And then the bulk of their schedule. This is where it gets fun. January 23rd versus Michigan State. January 26th versus Maryland. January 29th at Penn State. February 1st at Ohio State. And Penn State Those got four, a big win last night, too. Yes, they did. Those four teams are ranked in the top 25. So it's four straight ranked opponents back to back to back. Like Indiana, you know, this is a chance for them to turn it around and see what they can do for the season. I think they'll be fine, like I said. I think they'll go far in the Big Ten tournament, and I think that they'll, you know, first or second round in the NCAA tournament. But this team is one of those that just really needs to refocus and retool the offense, retool the defense, and just figure out what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's – ooh, big pass here for Philadelphia. Like, McCown to Ertz. Nice. There we go. I like, I like Zach Ertz. Yeah, I think Wentz is done for the, for the night. Wow. That's a huge blow to Philadelphia. Absolutely, but yeah. That's a break. Seattle here. is definitely happy for. First play of the second half went to Ertz across the middle, right over right over the uh, Seattle's coverage, or right over their heads. I mean, fingertips over their heads. Mm-hmm. But McCown's one of those guys who's been in the league for twenty years, played for twenty five different teams, mm-hmm. and you know he'll be all right. I uh, I was looking at Toledo's schedule. And was going to propose something to you. Mm-hmm. Toledo and Ball State play each other at the end of February here in Toledo. Yeah. What do you say you uh, come on up and we make a day of it? Yeah, we can do that. That'd be fun. We could do like a, some live video from from the yeah. account or whatever. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I've had some, ooh, they're showing accounts. Or, uh, ooh, Wentz definitely has a concussion after that. Lovely. Oh, he went back into play and his eyes were the back of his head. He doesn't know what's going on. He didn't on. know where the hell he was at. <laughs> oh, I just man. saw a tweet a few minutes ago. His wife went down to the locker room. So, yeah, he's done. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, he went down face first, and then a defender came in and smoked him in the back of the head. Mm. And his face fast went into the turf. Uh, yeah, you hate to see that. You know, yeah. you may, people can not like teams or whatever, but you never want to see the guy get hurt. No. You know, I think Ooh, McCown's going deep again to Aguilar. There's a pass interference. On Flowers. I don't like Aguilar. He was very frustrating for me this year. Yeah. I picked him up off of waivers and fantasy. Yeah. He had a couple of good weeks and then just disappeared. So yeah. Nelson Aguilar is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we'll have to find a date for that Toledo game. That'd be fun. And I've that got is... I got friends and family in, up, up there, too, who are all Toledo alums. Mm-hmm. So we can make a whole day of it. That'd be a lot there of fun. Yeah, it looks like it's February 29th. Okay. It'll be on ESPN3. So yeah, we can we can plan that. You know, obviously we got time. Yeah, it'll be fun. But uh yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um so yeah, I uh 
trying to think. Is there anything else we want to do? We'll, talk we'll about do a Mudheads game this summer too. Yes, because I, I still know a few people up there. Uh, we can do some stuff. Well, I was gonna say if you want to come up for a walleye game, we can make that happen too. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. hey, my weekends are booked the next three. It seems like. Hey, that's fine. That's we'll fine. figure something out. Yeah, we'll we'll make it work. But yeah, uh, and even if they're back down here in Fort Wayne, I'm sure they will be here soon too. So yeah, they they've I mean they've got three more months of hockey at least. Yeah. So we'll make um, it happen. Yeah, I don't. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on today? I think we covered most of it, man. All right, cool. So. uh Guys, I think that's going to do it for us. Oh, the, I guess the Bearded Brothers haven't said much because I. They you, haven't. You always inform me, so. They have not said much. I um, haven't think so. I think uh, we're just trying to iron out details for our joint pod. I think we're going to yeah. do it after the playoffs and after the Super Bowl. And so. then are we? And then we're also doing a fantasy league for podcasters, yes. right? Yeah, we. Uh, for those who, I don't know if you follow their account or not, uh, listeners, but the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast has invited us to join their podcasters only fantasy league and so we're going to be doing it looks like a 10 man or 12 man league or sorry 12 team league mm-hmm. and uh we've got some interesting podcast in there um there's a podcast it's an all girls podcast and it's called girls talk sports too okay and i listen to them great content you guys check them out on twitter they really know what they're talking about and they just cover all kinds of nfl you know er- just everything they're just they really know what they're doing um i sent them an invite from our page and i said guys we'd love to have you and they signed on, so I thought that was really cool. cool. I think it's on. So yeah, so AJ and I are going to be uh, co owning a team in this league, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep you guys updated. Absolutely. Obviously, you know we'll be doing the draft here soon. Um, at least I I'm not sure how they want to set it up. I know that we'd re- like to do the draft soon with the NFL draft, but it's whatever they're deciding. So, mm-hmm. but we'll keep you guys updated on that for sure. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, AJ, I think that's going to do it for us that's today. That's good for me. Cool, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys do check out the Facebook page across the board for articles, other podcasts, everything. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at ATB Sportsnet. Uh, make sure you follow our podcast link at Across the Campus. Um, if you do need that fantasy football advice to kind of gear up for dynasties and stuff for next year, uh, Check out our Cousins, the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're looking for some basketball information on the Cleveland Cavaliers, follow Across the Cavs. Um, if you're looking for, you know, really anything sports-related, we're going to be starting up a, an Across the Ice podcast here soon. It's going to be talking about um, NHL. Okay. So that'll be one to listen out for. Yeah. Um, and that'll be exciting. But, uh, yeah, like I said, our Beard Brothers are cousins, if you will. Uh, you can follow them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow them on Twitter at Beard Bros FF. They really know their stuff. They've helped me win a couple championships, even not even if it wasn't in their league. I've a lot of good advice, a lot of good thoughts and opinions on players, mm-hmm. and uh, they really know what they're talking about. So absolutely, looks like uh, McCown here was like got a rush out of the pocket, okay. and that was third down. So they're going to have to kick a field goal here instead of the ten yard line. Okay. All right, so, yeah, guys, we're going to sign off so we can go catch the rest of this Eagles-Seattle game. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. See you.